0: Welcome to The Build-Up on Balls.ie in association with Labbrooks. Please bet responsibly. Visit dunlui.net for further information.
1: Let's chat to Stephen Ferris about the Rugby World Cup. Stephen, I don't think any of us can, uh, I don't think any of us at the heart to get into the Ireland and New Zealand game again and breaking down where it all went wrong. With it's been talked to death at this stage, but looking forward to the future, like where do we go from here? I suppose Andy Farrell has a big job in his hands. What do you think is the first port of him? What's the biggest task that he has to do to get Ireland ready for one the Six Nations, but also developing for the next World Cup in four years' time? Yeah, well,
2: I think. Um, what's going to be priority for Andy Farrell in the short term is probably to try and do well in a Six Nations so um, at least for the first year in my opinion he's going to hold on to the likes of Johnny Sexton like Keaton Healy, Peter Romani um, you know will somebody like Keith Earls hang around maybe um, I'm not sure that Rob Carney will, will make Andy Farrell's cut for, for next year um, but yeah kinda he needs four or five lads to build a squad around but I definitely think he's gonna hold on to some of the lads like Sexton and um Healy and um a few other boys just to just to keep himself right getting into six nations. But it's it's a difficult one for Andy Farrell because I feel personally that, you know, Joe Smith has has been yeah, obviously he's a fantastic coach but he kind of does what they are a few tells him to as well, or has told them to in the past. And You know, is, is Andy Farrell going to uh, not select guys who are on national contracts? You know, is somebody like Peter O'Mahony, who, you know, in four years' time, will he be um, at the peak of his physical power to put in a, an unbelievable performance, or a few, five performances in a row for Ireland to reach a World Cup semi-final? Um, probably not. So, you know, is he going to select younger guys who... Aren't on national contracts who aren't earning the big bucks, or will the RFU dictate, you know, who they would like in that squad? Because um, you look at everybody in an RFU contract, and it doesn't really matter, you know, uh, how they're playing, and um, you know what their performances have been like, or what their forms like. You know, they're, they're generally getting selected. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what Andy Farrell does, and if he puts his foot down and selects more on form and. Flex more on uh, on ability of of the here and now instead of you know maybe going a little bit more on reputation, experience, and and um, you know if they're tied to the RFU or not.
0: If you look at the World Cup, then like you know we talked a little bit about Larmer last week, and you know like it's not as if Rob Kearney has ever let Ireland down, or, and and he's the wrong person to be picking out because he didn't have a particularly bad game by the standards of everybody else. But you know, is this how come we're as a rugby culture, almost, oh, never the ones that will try something. So Joey Carberry can't play at fifteen because he doesn't play there for his club, but it's okay for Bowden Barrett to pop into the best team in the world and play at fullback, even though he doesn't play there for his club. You know how come? What is it? And you've been involved in Irish rugby your whole life. What is it about our culture that we never go for that kind of that you know that little bit of an off-center idea or? or selection or style of play or whatever it is that we're almost just incredibly conservative in how we do and select everything
2: yeah it's a a tough one to answer and i I don't think that i have the exact right answer for you to be honest um i know i mentioned it last week there and rte that um i feel that the, the guys get into a World Cup, and it doesn't matter if it's Keane Healy or it doesn't matter if it's Rob Carney, 1-15 or 1-31 in, in the case of the, the whole rugby squad for the World Cup. I don't feel that they play enough rugby in the lead-up to it. Um, I think that uh, lads are, aren't aren't match-hardened when they're getting into having to play 5, 4, 5, 6, 7 games in a row to win a Rugby World Cup. And I know I've said it loads of times, but like Johnny Saxon's played 280 minutes in 2019. Um, you know, well, who's going to say that Johnny Sexton's going to play 380 minutes in a row to win a Rugby World Cup final? The likelihood of that is probably zero to none. Um, and I feel that like in India World Cup, yes, there are a few player are uh, resting player protocol, you know, three games on, usually one game off. And in those three games, there might only be one eighty minutes in those three games. The other two are ones off the bench, and then ones like whipped off after fifty minutes. Uh, and again, that's pointing to the guys here on our a few contracts. Um, so you look at the likes of Warren Farrell uh, played double the amount of match minutes as Johnny Sexton this season. I look at the likes of Billy Vinopolo, more than double the match minutes of uh, of the likes of Peter O'Malley. And, you know, I think that filters down throughout the team. And I have, I'm all for the, the resting protocol. But I, th- I think in the build-up to the World Cup, these guys need to be uh, put into these bigger games more often. They need to play more rugby and they need to become more durable in the lead-up to the Rugby World Cup. Because um, I think it showed that uh, England seemed to be getting better as the tournament went on. And Ireland seemed to be getting worse as the tournaments on. And even, even lads, like the four-out-half for Ireland, um, Jack Cardy, Johnny Sexton, um, Byrne, and um, who's the other one? Like the four Irish out halves are the bottom four international out halves in world rugby for minutes played this season. So, like, it's for me, the, where Owen Farrell and Bowden Bar are the two best, are the two highest. Wow. And, you know, yeah. look at the way they're performing and look at the way that they're controlling games and dictating games and everything else. And I just think it's, that's something that needs to be looked at going forward. Uh, and I think it's really good, this whole and protocol, and it, it develops players in the club game for Ulster, Leinster, Munster, or Connett. I think that's, that's brilliant. But in the lead-up, as I keep saying here, to a Rugby World Cup, where um, you, you need to be able to play five, six games on the bounce, Um, uh, you know, that whole year leading up to it needs to be reviewed Um, and Andy Farrell hopefully will have a part to play in that um, and and see what they can come up with for the next one because um, there's going to be more pressure in 2023.
1: Do you think we're actually nearly focused too much on the World Cup? I think Joe Smith actually kind of mentioned this as well in terms of that for that year leading up to it, all we're thinking about is the World Cup. There's also an aspect there, when you mentioned the players. Sometimes as well it seems to be like that they're kind of you're minding them, obviously, for the World Cup. You've got all that's in mind, and it's not maybe then going to take into account form or whatever it is going into it, especially when they're not playing that often. When you compare that to the likes of New Zealand starting lads at the weekend, that having that many caps, we've seen that through other countries. We even, myself and Mick were chatting earlier on about Wales in the Beatles in 2011, and you had the likes of Jordan or Priestland coming in who had hadn't too much experience before the war, that year, maybe a year's experience, maybe a year and a half. Yeah. But that thing that like you don't really expect that. What Ireland it off late, like, you know, it's that thing. That, I suppose again they've been afraid to take the risk and um, maybe too planned out and too focused on the World Cup too far in advance.
2: Um, I probably disagree with you, Mark. I, I think um, every team in the competition is focusing on the Rugby World Cup um, a year, eighteen months before it actually kicks off. You know, New Zealand, they live and breathe it in New Zealand. Um, you know, it doesn't matter if it's club game or international. They're on their backs. They expect their team to win the Rugby World Cup. Like, that's pressure. And they're going out and they're delivering. Uh, they've delivered for the last two World Cups, and it wouldn't surprise them if they delivered again. That's 12 straight years that they will have delivered if they, if they can pull it off. Um, and I think Ireland, you know, Joe said, oh, maybe we focused too much over the last year. And, you know, when it actually came around, we were, we were maybe overthinking it and everything else. I don't think you can overthink a Rugby World Cup. Um, I think you can get ahead of yourself at times but at the end of the day like you know they've been preparing for this they've been in pre-season camp you know they're in pre-season camp for one thing that's to win a rugby world cup so like if there's anybody that's um, that's overdoing it or making the the players feel that um, it's got on top of them it's probably due by putting on all that pressure by giving you know overload of information by you know just World Cup um, info constantly coming at them and uh, maybe that's something that he's learned after this but to be honest I thought there were, I know I've talked to you guys before about this I thought there would have been a lot of lessons learned from 2015 um, uh, but at the same time you know we played Argentina in 2015 we, we played New Zealand in 2019 and there's uh, you know a massive golfing class between those two sides at the minute so um, yeah, part of me—I know you've heard me say that the players just uh, didn't perform on the day, and they've got to take a lot of the flack and a lot of the criticism. Just like uh, I had to do it to twenty twenty eleven, mm-hmm. uh, take it on the chin and move on and try and use it to your advantage. But um, you know, I think it's just a shared responsibility, and there's no pointing the finger at one individual and saying, you know, they got it wrong. I think as a collective, it, it just hasn't worked out. And there'll be a massive review, there'll be a massive debrief, and. You know, investigation into what the players had before they friggin' took the pitch, and you know, you know. But it is true, like they will, you know, they will do. Um, they will do a, a massive debrief from asking every single player that was on that trip what they thought about it, to asking the coaches, to asking nutritionists, to asking SEC guys. Um, and maybe even some fans of what they thought. So, um, yeah, it's there's so much. I know that's a pretty long-winded answer, but there's so much to think about um, over the next couple of years to try and get it right. But, um, yeah, it just feels like professional rugby comes around in circles, guys. You know you've been following the game long enough, and it just feels like Ireland are on a slightly downward curve at the minute. Um, and the reason for that is just a, a disappointing World Cup.
0: Yeah, we'll look ahead to what's left of this World Cup in a couple of minutes, but last thing I wanted to ask you anyway, Stephen, is, you know, you come home from 2011 World Cup, you know, what happened happened against Wales, and what what I find very hard to understand from a player's point of view is two things. One is that every other competition like this you know that's the pinnacle of the game it's at the end of your season you probably go on holidays for a while i know the lads will have a bit of a break now but in in reality it's just the start of their season and they all have to go back for their club yeah. and they've got champions cup coming up and then they're going to be back in carton house or i think they've changed it wherever they are back in ireland camp in, in at christmas which isn't that far away you know and yeah one what's that like going back kind of like uh, you know with the disappointment hanging over you and the the height of your career and then going back to kind of just like you know that lower level again or whatever and then what's it like when to be honest i'd imagine there's a lot of kind of resentment might be the wrong word but just sick of it all you know that you've gone through everything you could it hasn't worked out the way you wanted and you're just fed up and the last thing you probably want to do is meet all the guys again at christmas you know in for a big camp yeah
2: yeah, no, I totally agree. And I know everybody didn't come home in the plane from Japan and I probably would have been one of those lads. Um, 2011, I stopped off in Dubai with a couple of the boys and just let off a bit of steam and um, just got my head away from it. But yeah, like some lads like to get straight back on the horse. You know, they'll be wanting to come back, maybe take a week, 10 days off. Again, depending on how much rugby they've actually played during that World Cup and get stuck back into it. European Cup rugby is just around the corner once again. You know it's coming thick and fast, um, and yeah, for, for for me, like I just like to get my head away from it, um, and you know, for, forget about what had happened in the in that quarter final. But I think one of the big things, lads, is in 2011. Like we played okay against USA. We played fantastic against Australia. We completely obliterated Russia and we played very, very well and very street-smart against Italy. It just felt like the whole way through the group, Ireland had one good game, the whole of the World Cup, or, you know, against Scotland, and it just felt like there was nothing going to come. Like, and I think that the expectation leading into that World Cup quarterfinal in 2011 was so, so high. You know, it was so much higher, and yet we didn't get a, a hammering or a tonguing, as Eddie O'Sullivan said. But, you know, we, we did let ourselves down on that day but at least we fired a few shots and uh, you know we had, we had opportunities in that game to to get ahead and we didn't take them but there, it was it wasn't in the same manner as the way the lads were in this world cup um you know apart from you, you take out that scotland game you know flipping it you know it wasn't a particularly great view from an irish fans point of view of, of the rest of the matches and it never really felt like they were going to They're going to take that next step, and um, you know, there was going to be a brilliant performance come out of somewhere, but yeah, I think some lads will just want to switch off now and you know, turn off their phones and not listen to podcasts and (laughs) not listen to journalism and the papers. But at the same time, some lads might want to get straight back at it and uh, put a few of that negative criticism to bed, maybe. But um, yeah, I think everybody's just disappointed, and that's the overriding feeling.
1: It's interesting, we did a poll on the site during the week about who the next Irish captain should be and there's probably two trains of thought and the one that won out on our site from the people who read balls is that they were looking at the likes of a James Ryan rather than maybe Johnny Sexton looking again with an eye to the future maybe an eye to a bit further than just the next year or two who would you be um, tipping for the next Irish captain? Who would you like to see get it?
2: Well the next Irish captain needs to play pretty regularly Um, and James Ryan certainly does that you know, he's an 80 minute man he's a guy who uh, thankfully in his early career hasn't had too many injury woes he's kept in the Ireland under 20s um, I remember watching him in the, in the final um, and yeah I think he's got all the credentials to, to step up to the plate is it maybe a, a year or two too early maybe he needs to hang around somebody like Peter Omani for the next couple of years and get more of a feeling of, of, of how it works at the top international level or do you say, this guy's good enough, this guy's got uh, the leadership qualities that we want to take Ireland through to um, another World Cup in 2023? Um, <sighs> me, personally, I, I, don't, I don't think Johnny Sexton would be uh, the candidate. Uh, I think he's coming to the, the end of his career. Um, he's going to play less and less rugby, if anything. He's not going to play more and more. And you know, I think he's a good man to have about the Irish squad for the next year or two, uh, for the younger guys to learn off him. Uh, but yeah, for me, I would I'd be putting James Ryan forward if if he feels he is capable of it. There's no point in giving some somebody the captain's armband if they're not a hundred percent back in the idea themselves. But for some reason, I think he's got he's got a bit about him, and I, I could maybe lead this Irish team to a bit more glory and uh, in the future. And you know, somebody else maybe like Peter Romani but again, in four years' time, is he going to be the man to lead Ireland in the World Cup? I don't think he is. So, uh, yeah, I would probably agree with most of the, the people in the poll that voted and go with James Ryan.
0: There we go. A nice positive note to leave, leave Ireland. I can't. We haven't said that too many times over the last, uh, the last few months. <laughs> uh, this weekend is, you know, it's hard for us to get our head around it a little bit, but it's actually an amazing couple of games. That uh, really, really intriguing battles, I would say. Uh, just looking at the odds on Ladbrokes here, England are nine to four, New Zealand four to eleven, and England with a it's a seven point handicap, so England are plus seven. And in the other game, then you've got Wales eleven to four, South Africa three to ten, with Wales plus eight on the handicap. Are we looking at a, yeah. another all Southern hemisphere final to, to end the tournament the way we started
2: it? Um, I wouldn't be betting against it. Uh, I think it, the, before the tournament started, uh, I fancied New Zealand and South Africa to uh, meet each other again in the final. You
0: did. It's on um, record on the show. You said that, yeah.
2: It's on record. It's on record. I, I just think, you know, Wales, if they were had a fully fit team and a fully loaded team with the likes of Anscombe in there... You know, Don Davies in there. Navidi fully fit. He's obviously gone home. John Davies might not be 100% fit. There's a couple other guys that look like they're glued together. So, um, I know I really fancy uh, South Africa to, to beat that handicap. I think that they're they're going to win by more than eight points. Um, I just think Wales last week didn't show me anything that to say that they're going to get up for this. Going to get up for this semi-final. Um, they look really deflated, um, and you know, really got out of jail against France. Up um, front, weren't uh, weren't particularly good in that second half. Shot themselves in the foot with red card, obviously, and um, were pretty disappointing in, in the way they tried to get clear their lines off that scrum in, the, in that final moment when Ross Moriarty get over for the try. So I really fancy South Africa to get the job done, and they seem like a fit bunch of lads who you know are playing sick and having a six-two spread on the bench bringing on loads and loads of power and and physicality and especially when this Welsh outfit are getting tired and sluggish uh, and really lacking that energy that I keep talking about I think South Africa will suffocate them in the end the England match I think is slightly different, I think England's attacking ability, the way they they go out the back and have runners from deep, um, they will cause problems, it's just whether or not they can do it against the best team in the world, um and if they can get the same amount of possession as Ireland did against them. Like Ireland had fifty percent possession against New Zealand and hardly even fired a shot, you know, to show you the amount of mistakes that they actually made. Amazing, like amazing. Um so if England can get fifty percent possession plus they have a really good bench to bring on, like Joe Marter to come on. Um you know, the, the back rowers as well, who, you know, England really play with five back rowers, with Toji Lowe's, McCurry, Underhill, and Billy Vinopolo. Like, it's five guys who carry ball, who are good over the ball, they are physical, um, and, you know, really put in a shift for them. Um, they, they definitely have the capability to, get, to cause an upset. Do you think they will cause an upset? No. Um, but I, I think that seven-point margin is is you know, it's it's pretty tight. I I think it might be might come down to a few a couple of fewer points
0: in that. Okay, great, interesting. So we'll go with England with the handicap and South Africa with the handicap, but you're prob looking sticking yeah. with your pre pre tournament prediction of a New Zealand South Africa final.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, I think it's I just cannot see wheels pulling out uh, a ridiculous performance to beat South Africa because that's what it's going to take. And yeah. if South Africa turn up with a with a mindset that they're just going to steamroll them and they're going to get through to a final, then you know they might put in a similar performance the wheels did against France in the quarterfinal. But uh, I just think Razi Erasmus will, will have these boys cooking and um they'll do a job on on um, on wheels where the other one is a lot tighter to call. Um, and you know what it wouldn't surprise me if England threw up a huge huge upset uh, and put them out but as I say lads I'm my the guns and I'm going for a, a sneaky New Zealand win
1: good stuff Stephen thanks We should uh, hopefully be able to enjoy the weekend now as neutrals with no pressure on Australia. <laughs> hope Ireland do something uh, no one. pressure exactly thank you Stephen <laughs> no worries cheers lads speak to you soon
0: John Mark, I'm sick of talking about Ireland. I like, I mean, it's it's Stevie was brilliant. He's really fascinating, and I mean, we talked about it on the show, and we talked talking to Brent Pope, you know, uh, tomorrow, and like all of those conversations are really fascinating and really good. But I just find myself reliving it. It's like post traumatic stress disorder every time I have to go through it. It's exactly what I
1: was. I was thinking exactly what Stephen was on about there, which is like in 2011. The like 27 was a disaster but it was a disaster disaster it was like Jesus what's going on here 2011 you had the probably my favourite Irish rugby game still nearly of all time the Ireland Australia yeah. game um, we and topped obviously, the group for the yeah, first time yeah. a massive role in that game alright there was the disappointment then come the quarter final against Wales but it was a good game as well we just you know didn't get over the line then again you fast forward to twenty fifteen, you had Ireland against France, the team falling apart around them, the tears of Ian Madigan, what a win. And again, to go out against Argentina and lose that game was a massive
0: disappointment, but you'd something. We built up both yeah. times to those quarterfinals which ultimately deflated us, yeah. but at least it was a build up. Or this was just a yeah. real
1: grey tournament. It was it was it was neither a complete disaster. Mm. Well it probably was, But you know It wasn't like We weren't going out Struggling to beat Namibia Like yeah. It was you know yeah, we, yeah, we It wasn't as bad as done. 07 Yeah yeah, yeah. Um, But we just It was nothing And that game the, the, the game against you, Perfectly summed it up Because you had the build
0: up to it Which was the Haka And the Fides of Athenry And you're like Goosebumps This is incredible And then just nothing Just nothing Exactly yeah And look it's interesting Actually even just looking To this weekend And like leaving Ireland Behind us finally And talking about like You know Stevie's bets there And stuff like that Is like There's a part of me that thinks, hold on a second, we're underrating New Zealand because of how shit Ireland were. But then I'm thinking, well, actually, they could have done whatever they wanted in that game. It doesn't really tell you how they're going to play if England are showing up. Like, England were way better than Australia. Like, I picked Australia in a kind of a cheeky accumulator last week that the rest of it came off, except that. But, like, England were brilliant. You know, you have to be honest and say, like, they're going to be a completely different prospect. And the funny thing is, then you're thinking, Jesus, our New Zealand that was a warm up for New Zealand. Yeah. And that's a sad situation for us to be in where we're basically do you remember we talked last week is like if 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 everything had gone to plan in the group and New Zealand were playing Scotland, they wouldn't even be considering the game. They'd just be thinking, right, this is a good way to get us pumped up for the England match. That's what Ireland ended up being. Yeah. And that's grim. It is. Look, <laughs> we, I love how we
1: started receiving. We're not going to get into all this about how bad Ireland have been. Sorry,
0: <laughs> it does got kind of to come back around, doesn't probably, it? But, yeah, somehow.
1: But these games this weekend, they are. I think England have a, have every chance against New Zealand. They, um, I think it's t- like New Zealand might pull away in the end, but it is teed up to be a brilliant game. South Africa and Wales. It depends. Like South Africa struggled for a long period against japan you know this first half was it was an incredible first half of rugby to be only five three at time. yeah um both of those games on Labrooks they also have a price boost so if you're having a floor of the weekend you'll uh, you'll get price boost on both the games and of course if you are having a bet be sure to gamble responsibly and visit to louis.net.
0: i want to ask you one more thing is there any part of you as an irish sports fan that wants england to win this weekend no No, me neither. I was trying to convince myself that that's the way you should be because New Zealand they are two-time defending champions and it's somebody knocking them off their perch and it's a breakthrough and so on so forth, but there's just no part of me that wants England to ever win, and I think that's a healthy thing. By the way, I don't think it's anti-English. I don't or even anything know. Like it's that. England. Uh, there's so, an Eddie Jones bit <laughs> There isn't that. any chance. Do you see New Zealand have been spying on them this week? Apparently, <laughs> and he called all the New Zealand media fans with typewriters. <laughs> uh, there's
1: part of me that, like, if <laughs> but Andy how do you Jones not love head Jones? coach? Yeah, but yeah I'd
0: absolutely love him.
1: But uh, there's another part of me that wants to see him get beaten more specifically
0: yeah. than England. I have but to say, I'm for New Zealand as well. Like in 2003, when England won the World Cup, right? That team absolutely deserved to win it and they did everything right they won, won the southern hemisphere or whatever won the grand slam finally when they did they'd been on a journey when they won the world cup and lifted it i was happy for them i thought fair play to them but while the match was on i was cheering on australia like a mad lunatic i just think it's part of sport isn't it is that our biggest neighbor right, should it's. always be our our enemies in some way you know yeah
1: um south african wales i don't know i've no it it's going to be a good game but it as in terms of who I want to win as a neutral, I just want, I'd rather both of them be, I, to be honest, yeah, like I'd like New Zealand, you know, I'm not going to share on England, but I'd much rather England win an incredible game than New Zealand hockey England by 40 points and yeah. I'm turning it off Yeah, 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 Which too. is what you'd be doing if you weren't an Ireland fan last week. Yeah, I wonder tomorrow, what so the
0: ratings so. were for that match around the world, yeah.